We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the Wazzaro In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast. Hooping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of your go-to Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gordon. I'm joined today by Michael J. Fonchi. We're going to talk about that Pacers victory, a 133-111 whooping of the Dallas Mavericks, snapping a seven-game winning streak from Dallas. Fonchi, this was an impressive win for the Indiana Pacers. Snapped like a twig. That winning streak is no more. Dallas came in. Hot as could be in Indiana, and they're boarding that plane, going back to Dallas, been a little bit cold. Uh, I think that this, in my opinion, I, I think this was the best win that the Patriots have had since beating Boston in early January, yeah. 133 to 131. I was looking through the schedule. In my opinion, I, I really do think that that was probably the best win the Patriots have had in almost two months. Yeah, I mean, it's you can always be subjective when you're talking about course, the best one. I, I still think that Phoenix Suns win at home was pretty big. And, and I debated that. You can go with it. The Kings win where no one expected it. The Suns win like that. That was, that was really big. That was dramatic. You know, yeah. came down to the end. Nonetheless, a very, very big win tonight that just felt d- different from some of the other wins that we've had over the last few weeks. 
No, it definitely did. And obviously with the Pacers being a little undermanned, no Aaron Eastmith once again. Uh, Jalen Smith shaking off the rust, coming back, looked like he needed to, you know, it's been about two weeks since he's played, so you understand that. But I think we got to start things off here with the longest tenured Pacer, Miles Turner. 33 points tonight, 10 of 15 shooting, eight rebounds. I just felt like Miles had such a, a terrific game. And honestly, when you, when you think about Miles Turner, it's it's kind of the the ups and downs with him, the frustrations of like these kind of games. And then the next game, he'll have like eight points and three rebounds and getting foul trouble. And you're just like, oh, I want consistency. But I felt like he just obliterated the Dallas bigs tonight with the pick and roll coverage that they were putting on Tyrese Halliburton. And he was able to not only score at the rim, but he scored a lot in the mid range and he scored a lot from the three point line. He had two of seven, not a great amount of shooting, but still from outside and then got to the free throw line too. 12 free throw attempts tonight. So, just a really all-around great game for Miles Turner, and you know what? It was great to see it. I got something for you. So the twelve free throw attempts. I thought that was to my myself, career. man, that that Turner, like wow, like, when was the last time he had twelve or more? I dug back. Alex, January of twenty twenty one was the last time that Miles Turner attempted twelve free throws or more, and I believe this was the second most free throws he had ever had in a game uh quite a few years ago i mean upwards of five years ago he had 16 free throws in a game so this was just a fired up turner i believe this was his 10th overall 30 point game of his career two of them have come against the hometown dallas mavericks so it feels like that game against the mavs just means a little bit more for miles i wish we could play him a little bit more often if that's the case but Nonetheless, Turner came to play, led the Pacers in score at 15 and a half time, had an even better second half. Yeah, and I mean, you got to look at, you know, Dallas starting a rookie center and Derek Lively the second. I think that Miles Turner kind of gave him just that veteran, you know, beat down on a rookie. And then when Daniel Gafford came in the game, I still think he took advantage of him too. You know, Gafford has been problematic for Turner before when they play the Wizards. So, like, we've had, we've seen some really quiet Turner games against the Wizards when Gafford was there. So, I just feel like for Turner, he just got in a, in a rhythm, and they found him, and they kept going to him, and he was shooting the ball pretty well. 10 of 15, all of his misses were from the three-point line. So that's pretty impressive, Vachi, like just if you think yeah. about it from that perspective. So he was really good, and I really like the way that he was relocating to get in the right spot to catch the pass with an open shot. Um, had some you know, had some good looks. I think he uh, was on the line for one corner three that he made. So you know, just continuing to be that presence out there on the floor. I think the Pacers are better when Miles Turner is playing at the, like at this level. But this is the first thirty point game he's had of this had of uh, this season too. So that also just says like, man, he was just yamming on those guys. Yeah, and I think that he you know, probably feels a little bit rejuvenated after the after the break. I, I think that you know this is uh, you know we saw him crash the glass as well, eight boards, a little bit more than is you know what he averages on the season. I, I think that's good to see, but. I just feel that, you know, you got a double-double out of him last time against Detroit. Today, obviously, a, a huge game from Turner. He was by far the main takeaway from the Pacers because I felt that, uh, you know, he really shouldered that load. No other Pacer had, had more than 17 points in this game, but Turner was the one that they could count on, you know, throughout this game, quarter by quarter. Yeah, and I, and I, I think that he was really important, but I think there was another handful of guys that were important. Well, I would honestly say... The two guys I felt were the most important to the victory tonight did not get the opportunity to speak at the podium. And I think number two for me has got to be Andrew Nimhard. Andrew Nimhard was so good in this game defensively, having to guard Luka and Kyrie, switching back and forth. I know Matherin also had that assignment too. And I thought Matherin did a pretty good job. 
for the task. We'll talk about him here in a little bit, but Andrew Nimhard was just really good. Seven of eight, Pachi, from the field for 15 points. Um, you know, he really just brings so much to this team when he's playing at a high level. Paces are now 16 and seven in the 23 games that he started. So continuing to improve that overall number there. But I just, I love the way Nimhard plays. I think Rick Carlisle said he's one of the most underappreciated Pacers on this team or one of the most forgotten Pacers on this team. And so, you know, a, a really solid game from him. And I, I feel like his defense kind of set the tone. I love Rick's, uh, you know, post-game com- uh, comments about, you know, Andrew. I felt they were spot on. And it's just like, about it doesn't matter about the stats that he puts up, but just really trusting that process. And like, he has gone through so many injuries throughout this year. It's great to see him healthy. And in that starting lineup is exactly where you and I preferred him. I think the 15 points is great, but it's the defense. That was everything that the Pacers needed especially when they score 133 tonight, it was, what are you going to do to stop or slow down Luka Doncic? Because Luka had 25 at halftime. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was well on his way to a 50-point game. Could have been 60. Who knows? I was not expecting Luka to have eight points in the second half. Yeah, I don't time. believe that he even scored in the fourth. Uh, I'm not sure he did. So I, it was just awesome to see. That's exactly what Emhard brings to the Pacers on a daily basis. It's that defense. It's why the Pacers needed to make a change and get him into that starting lineup. And I just feel like tonight, when you can go up against some of the best players in the league and make a difference like that, that's when everybody can start to see those things that don't show up on a box score. Like, wow, Andrew Nemhard and his the defense that he brings is essential to this Pacers team having success. Yeah, uh, just so you know, Luka Doncic played three minutes and 29 seconds in the fourth quarter, 0 of 1 from the field. I thought he went scoreless. Yep, I mean, hey, hey there was there was really nothing to write home about Luka in that fourth. So it, it just shows that the Pacers really made those adjustments because, you know, like we said, it looked like he was on his way to uh, – could have been one of those games where Giannis goes off, you know, one of those performances where you just have no answer. And instead mm-hmm. the Pacers found an answer. Yeah, and I mean, and I, as much as we give credit to Andrew Nimmer for what he did defensively, I think we cannot forget what, honestly, what Ben Matherin did. I thought Ben Matherin was really good defensively in this game, and I always get a little bit nervous when I see Ben guarding, like, the the star player on the other team. Like, we've seen him do it against the Bucks a few times, guarding Giannis before all the trades they made and how they changed things up. Like, that first game at home against Giannis, he was guarding him at times, and, you know, he was guarding Luka early on. Luka started getting hot. They switched Nimhart on him, put him on Kyrie, and... Kyrie really didn't get going full on until the second half. So it was kind of yeah. like his first half was a little bit more quiet. But I, I just thought overall, like those two guys, Nimhart and Matherin, really stepped up, kind of playing that two-way level. And then, you know, the shot making was really important for, for Nimhart. I, I saw him warming up tonight, and it was just like he was hitting a lot of his shots, shooting with much more confidence. And I think that that is only going to improve if he can continue with that confidence and just continuing to get healthy. But Matherin, for him, you know, not a great shooting night. Once again, efficiency-wise, just 5 of 14, but double-digit rebounds again, Fachi. And now the Pacers, I believe, are undefeated when he has seven or more rebounds in a game. So you just got to love that about him. And 11 rebounds for this one, 14 points, five assists. I just thought, you know, pretty solid game from him. I know there were some ups and downs and, and whatnot, but he also had three steals and the way he was grabbing those rebounds, though, Fachi, in traffic, that was impressive. It really was. And, like, I just feel that this is one of the more complete Benedict Matherin games. And I know you mentioned it, 5-14 shooting. Like, okay, whatever. He, it, it, everything can't be perfect. But I just felt like <laughs> I don't know if it has something to do with him being in the starting lineup or not, where it's like, okay, if you're going to be in the starting lineup, like, 
you know, you're probably not gonna get the same amount of shots. So you got to impact the game in different ways. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it, but he had six boards last game. He's in a starting lineup. 11 this time. Last mm-hmm. game, starting lineup, five assists. This game, five assists. It's just like he knows that he can't just be a scorer. And I feel that he's impacted the game in, in numerous ways, being in that starting lineup outside of scoring. Because there's been times that we've criticized him. You, know, you and I, where we've looked at this, and it's like zero rebounds, zero assists. Maybe it's one assist. It's just not enough. It's not what the Pacers need. They need contributions across the board. And I felt that tonight was where he brought that. And if you looked at the box score, you'd say, what? I mean, Kyrie had 29, Luke had 33. What do you mean slowing them down? But just to your point, Kyrie had a very quiet first half. He had a span maybe like the third or the fourth, where he maybe the fourth quarter in the beginning, where he really started getting it going, hit a couple shots. But I felt that Matherin and Nemhart, just like you mentioned, the, those two really uh, tightened up on defense and also still brought it on offense. Yeah, I mean, there was a stretch there in the third quarter where Matherin had some big buckets back to back and it was like okay he's getting going a little bit i know rick carlisle yelled at him when he got i think he made a a tough pass at turner and i think turner lost the ball and you know the next play down i think the mavericks got a fast break from that possession and then carlisle kind of like started yelling at matherin matherin looked at him like what did i do and you know i think he was just frustrated because like it was the right pass but it was a little bit of a bad pass and i don't i don't think they needed him making that pass like let the offense set up and let ty or or pascal make it because it was how they were set up but Overall, though, it was just a pretty impressive game from him all around. Love to see that. And and honestly, I, I'm glad that he was able to play this position with Neesmith out because, to me, he kind of felt like he played a similar game to Aaron Neesmith in terms of like what they asked him to do. It was be aggressive on the glass, guard the other teams as a player, and your scoring will be optional. So it was a little bit different role than what he's had with the second unit where the second unit, it's like, okay, Matherin, we need you to be the guy with that unit and, you know, bring it defensively, but really we need you to carry us offensively. It was more so this game, Hey, lock in defensively, get the rebounds, make the right play and the shots will come sporadically, but not, not at the same consistency where we're constantly running offense for you. So I just thought he did a good job kind of embracing more of a, more of a Nisma type role. No, he did. And look, it's there's Neesmiths aren't growing on trees. I think he did a good job tonight. But also, I love the fact that it's like we've now seen, you know, while we've said, hey, we prefer Matherin coming off the bench. I think many, many feel that way. Sure that he could step into that that starting lineup and not mess anything up. It's not like he stepped into the starting lineup and and put up, you know, 18 to 20 shots and, and wasn't efficient and and wasn't rebounding. It's like he played, he made winning plays yeah. today. And I think that that was awesome to see now there's a couple other you know pacers that we can get to i don't want to jump the gun here but Dude, Alex, jump I, the gun. I have been itching to shout out ben shepherd yeah because what we saw tonight it felt like we don't want to i don't know if you could say a coming out party because he's had some moments this was obviously a career night for for ben shepherd uh in uh what it was just 12 minutes so in 12 minutes 15 points on five of five shooting from three. There yeah. was a sequence where he hit a three. He got a steal. McConnell lobs it up. Obi Toppin slams it. It's just like this man is, you could see him growing in front of our eyes. And when the Pacers moved on from Buddy Heald, a big part of that was, okay, let's get Ben Shepard some more minutes. Let's get him some more touches. And a night like tonight is just shows that while he's still a rookie, the Pacers, I think they hit on this draft pick because the best basketball He's yet to play. A night like tonight, this man is just so far ahead of schedule. 
Yeah, I like what Tyrese Halliburton had to say about him in the in the post game press conference. He was basically just saying like, look, with with Ben, you know, the game was really fast still, and there was a point in the game where he said that Ben had a wide open look and thought Luca was going to be out there, but Luca just left him alone and he didn't even look at the rim to shoot. And they were like, you know, you got to look at that. So it's still a, a little bit of a fast paced game for him and stuff like that. And I know his three point percentage does not reflect what he did tonight. So. You know, he's not going to always shoot 100%, obviously, from three per game. But I think that the better he gets as a shooter, the more confident he's going to get, and the more it's going to help spread out the offense in terms of, like, if he's out there on the floor, I I think there's going to be teams that, okay, they might sag off of him a little bit and say, okay, prove to us that you can hit it from three at a consistent rate to beat us. And if he does that, I think it's what's going to be special. You know, obviously, the threes that he was hitting tonight, they were just open, and he he did a good job getting himself set, didn't rush those shots, and that's why they went in at a at a huge at a high clip. And and I honestly felt like a lot of his shots were really timely. There was a, a a nine to two run the Pacers had in that fourth quarter when Kyrie Irving cut the lead down to four, and two of those threes came from Ben Shepard. So that just kind of shows you like how big he was in those moments. And I understand that the bench unit is a little bit uh weakened by Matherin starting. So it's going to be a, you know, commitment by everybody to step up and, you know, it's going to be like by committee how they, how they, you know, distribute the scoring. And, and sometimes it's going to be McConnell. Sometimes it might be Obi Toppin, might be Jalen Smith one night, but tonight it was Ben Shepard. And so I thought, honestly, like he was so good. His defense was pretty good. I know he got in some foul trouble, four fouls in 12 minutes. That's part of being a rookie. But yeah. overall, I think you have to feel pretty good about where he's at now and over the last, what, couple of weeks, it feels like he has made a much stronger case that he should get the 10th man in the rotation spot over Doug McDermott. I completely agree with that. One little side thing is one of my best friends is a Dallas Mavericks fan, so we were going back and forth and, you know, before the game, this, this, and that. And towards the, in the middle of the game, he just goes, who's this Shepard guy? I hate him. And it's like, I you never thought that an opposing fan of a team would say that in the beginning of this year because Ben Shepard's role was not expected to be really much at all of any significance. So I, I think that was just something that was uh, fun. But for Doug McDermott, I mean, you look at what Ben Shepard's bringing, the energy, the fact that he's not afraid to dive on the floor for any loose ball, the fact that he could hit a three, get a steal, and right back-to-back sequences, things like that. It just makes that ceiling almost feel like Doug McDermott's got to duck his head a little bit because that ceiling is right on top of his head. I mean, a small thing. Look, McDermott. Missed the technical free throw. I was about to say that. Missed the <laughs> technical free throw. I was like, what are we doing over here? So, like, that, it could anybody else could have missed it. The fact that it was Doug McDermott in that moment just had me be like, oh, my God. But one other thing, and I, I, not, I don't want this to always be a comparison, but with no football on anymore, football season's done. I sat and I watched that Buck Sixers game today, and Buddy was just letting it fly. And look, Buddy, hey, good pacer, enjoyed it, man. But there was a night like today. You're going to get good Buddy. You're going to get bad Buddy. Today, 4 of 13. Yeah. And then you look at Ben Shepard, who was 5 of 5 from 3 and 5 of 6 from the field, and it's just like, you know what? We're going to be all right. And it might not be on a daily basis that Ben Shepard's putting up anything close to double-digit points. But the Pacers knew what they were doing in terms of being able to pave the way for more playing time, a bigger role. And I think that uh, Ben Shepard's defense is something that the Pacers very much need. The three-point shooting, I think that's a major plus. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And you know what's even great about this win, Fachi, is that we've talked about four players so far, and we've yet to mention Tyrese Halliburton and Pascal Siakam. It says a lot about this team. 
And, you know, I mean, Halliburton had a really good game, like 17 points, 10 assists, you know, 8 of 15 shooting. Like, it wasn't, like, bad. I think he had four steals, too. Like, he was really getting his hands, you know, in those lanes and in the in the, in the the gaps there, just trying to create steals for the pace. I thought it was great, like, what he did in terms of that. Like, he was a plus 13, uh, second or third highest, excuse me, of the game. So, you know, he had some really nice moments in there. But it was like you didn't need Tyrese to be Tyrese to kind of take over. And I think one of the great things that he did was, he figured out a way to get Turner the ball at the right moment. And, and you know, that that was his big thing was setting up Turner. Like, even, I think there was one where Turner, like, airballed a three completely, but Halliburton had a beautiful behind-the-back pass to him. Like, we've seen, you know, be on the highlight reel. I, for, I think it was against the Bucks when he had one of those to, to Turner at the top of the key earlier this year. But, you know, they just have great synergy together. And, and I love what Halliburton said. Like, when I got into the league, like, everyone thought I'd be great with a lob. Yeah, love that. Love you who know, he brought up also. Rashawn Holmes. That, yes, that was that was like dream a little bit bigger, man. You yeah, know, you got Miles Turner. It, well, and he even said like Turner's a totally different player. Like he's not yeah. a lob there kind of guy. And Turner will even tell you that too. Like he's not catching lobs. I think Nimhard's the only guy that can throw him lobs for whatever reason. But because uh, he threw him a couple last year. But but still, you know, it's you know Miles is one of those guys that's more of a pick and pop type of center, and and he can get a, a an advantage in the post, and he'll take take somebody down there and score on him. But he's not forcing down low, but. Yeah, I just thought that, honestly, like, Halliburton did a really good job of setting him up. And then we talked about, like, Pascal Siakam and what his role is. Like, to me, it's a little bit shocking that he only got 11 shot attempts tonight against the Mavericks. And he was 5 of 11, like, shot a good number, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. But, like, he was totally fine being quiet because he didn't have to be the scorer. And that's what you love about Pascal Siakam. It's like he has the ability to be this person, but, like, he was perfectly fine letting Miles be the scorer, and he kind of took Miles' role on and being kind of like the the 12 points, 8 rebounds kind of guy. So it was one of those things where I really enjoyed like how he kind of took a backseat, and it didn't feel like it was like, oh, man, they're like icing him out or they're ghosting him, whatever. Like they're just – they were doing a good job of going to the hot hand, and I think Siakam took, in, took his moments when they were there, but he didn't force too much, and I, and I, I liked how he played, and I, and I thought that – it wasn't like a great game from him, but pretty solid game and good, good job on the glass. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the nine boards is great to see. I mean, he had 12 points. Eight of them were, he had eight at halftime. So kind of a little bit of a quiet game. Didn't score in, in the fourth quarter, but Fisher yeah. also didn't really need it. And I think that was great. Same thing with Halliburton. He had 12 of 17 uh, by halftime, but just... I think just th- those those two just played a good overall team basketball game. Because when you look at this, Siakam, nine boards, I mean, second most on the team. That's great. You know, usually nine boards will lead the Pacers. But then you also had Halliburton with the 10 assists. I think both players, you know, shot, you know, a club essentially about 50%. Halliburton, 8 of 15. Siakam, 5 of 11. There was nothing that any any did that. They didn't do anything to, like, oh, he just didn't have it tonight. I felt that both players just didn't need to be overly aggressive because this was one of those classic nights where you had seven Pacers scoring double figures. And then you also had Obi with eight and you're think about it. You're without Neesmith says a lot about the depth to this team. And I I just felt that this was another one of those nights. There was a collective rebounding effort. I mean, you saw Siakam with nine, Turner with eight, Matherin with 11. Uh, Jalen Smith had six in 15 minutes. I mean, it's just like, it kills me when we see six rebounds lead this team when there's many nights now where you see there could be four guys having six or more rebounds on any night. So, uh, you know, just I think a good overall performance by the starters and just a collective team effort. I mean, this Pacers team shot about 56 percent, about 39 percent from three. The assists, 38 assists to Dallas is 15. Think about that. Mm-hmm. More than doubled up. On that, I mean, the Pacers had 19 assists at halftime. So the ball movement, I thought just you was there was really nothing you could complain about in this game against a very good Dallas opponent that was just scorching hot. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say this about Dallas tonight: it felt like Kyrie and Luca were doing a lot of on-ball scoring where they weren't really creating for others as much. They they did still have a combined eight assists, but still, that's only four per person, six from Luca, two from Kyrie. So it's not like egregious numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I just kind of felt like the Mavericks weren't hitting shots. Like obviously tomorrow by junior was four 12. I I felt like Gafford and Lively only combining for 12 points was huge too, because we've seen how well those two guys have been in terms of being like the rim running lob threats for Luka Doncic. And and we've seen how well they've played. And even PJ Washington, the guy that I like one of six from the field for just two points in 31 minutes. So, Overall, I just felt like when I was watching this team, like they just weren't hitting a lot of their shots. And you can give credit to the Pacers defense, but I, I think that's what helped the assist numbers uh, quite a bit. And it was more like, okay, Luca, you got to score on ISO, and Kyrie, you got to do this. And you know, they still had their their plays where they had some really good moments, like that pass Luca oh, had to the man. corner. That Luca, I mean, he <laughs> is so special. I, I really do feel like he's like the chosen one. Like he, some of the shots that he hits was unbelievable defense by the Pacers, and it didn't matter. And I, it's just like, I saw, you know, you saw John Halliburton at one point, you know, grab his hand, so he's like, squeezing his hand. I saw Luca kind of, like, flex his hand a little bit. I don't know if it was too hard of a handshake or whatever whatever it was, but it was just like, you had to give Luca his props because some of the stuff he does and the numbers he puts up on a nightly basis is, is ridiculous. The fact mm-hmm. that the Pacers actually were able to hold him to the 33 points, you know, that he had is... Honestly, a major win. The fact that he shot below fifty percent. Luca was just below his his numbers on the season, which that's really rare. Well, and he looked tired towards the end of the game. I'm not gonna lie. And 
I, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, man, he takes a beating a lot when he plays because guys are just constantly on him. Like in the first quarter, I think when they switched Nimhart and Matherin on, uh, Ma- Ma- they switched up Matherin and Nimhart for their defensive matchups, and Nimhart went to guard Luca. Like Luca had scored a basket, and then the Pacers scored, and like as they're trying to throw the ball into Luca, like Nimhart just kind of gave him a little shove, and he just kind of like took a step back. Luca did, and I'm like. Just imagine, like, you're getting defended like this every single night because you're that great of a scorer. Like, it's got to be a lot of wear and tear on your body over an 82-game season. So, you know, I, I I don't have a problem with him coasting a little bit through the All-Star game. Like, a lot of people were upset about it. But overall, I just I just think that Luka is so special. And, like, you can't you can't take away what they what they do in terms of how, how much they make everybody else better, too. So the Pacers will play Dallas here in a couple of games. Fachi, they're going on a, on a road trip here come up on was it Friday, Thursday, the next game they play. So on the yeah. road, is it Friday yeah. against the Friday. Pelicans? Friday. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they have a little short road trip there playing some teams in the Texas area. So, you know, they'll get another chance at Dallas and it'll be in Dallas's building. So we'll see how they, how they fare in that game. But I just think for me at this point now, like we can maybe look at just ahead to, to Monday night's game against Toronto. Like you get a huge win over a team that just won seven in a row you got to take care of business against Toronto on Monday night. I don't care if it's ugly or not. Toronto hasn't played since Friday. So they're coming in with two days rest before, just like the Pacers had two days rest playing against the Mavericks. You know, they got to put this one behind them. It's a good win, but they got to put it behind them. And they really got to focus on getting another victory because right now it's, it's, it's a tight watch with the standings spot. And I'm sure we've been keeping an eye on it. Do you have a uh, update in terms of like how the standings look right now? I do. So now the Pacers trail Philly for the fifth seed by only half a game. They came in tonight tied with Orlando Magic. Well, good news, folks. The Orlando Magic dropped a game to the Atlanta Hawks. There's no Paulo Bancaro tonight, no Trey Young, and Atlanta got the win. So great things for the Pacers. This now has the Pacers in sole possession of sixth place. Like I said, a half game behind Philly for fifth. And Alex, just a game and a half behind mm. the New York Knicks for the fourth seed. Mm. The Pacers right now, are they're catching the attention of the NBA. And I, when we're talking about attention, Alex, like we mentioned the other day a little bit, Pacers have another game on ESPN against the Pelicans on the 28th this week. I just feel like the stars are starting to align for this team to start to get some respect. And I just want to maintain that respect. Yeah, and I mean, I know, I know it's easy to like be like, man, we're really far back. We're five games behind the Cavs, but the Cavs have not been playing great either. Um, you know, and, and they're four games behind Milwaukee. We'll see. I think Milwaukee's going to be okay. I think they're slowly starting to figure things out just yeah. a little bit here. Uh, their win against Minnesota was very impressive, and then you also have to look at the victory they had against Philadelphia on Sunday. Like it was just a very big win for them. So. They're, they're a team to me like, yeah, they could finish two or three. I don't know. But Cleveland, they've really struggled since coming back from the All-Star break. They had two losses back-to-back, and then they almost lost to the Washington Wizards tonight. So, Thanks. you know, that's that's not a good sign for how they're playing. And it's like, I don't know if they're just tired or, like, what's going on. Because a lot of people have said, you know, this, this Cavaliers team, they have too many cooks in the kitchen trying to feed everybody and they looked a lot better when they had some guys down with injury and it was more of a simplified role. But I mean, uh, I still, I still don't like want to count out obviously Cleveland. They're a really good team. They could figure it out here over the next couple of games, but Jordan pool had 31 points, Fachi five assists and five rebounds off the bench in 38 minutes tonight. 
That was his best game all season because he's, yeah. he's been pretty rough. Uh, yeah. I think I think the Cavs are going to be fine, but also the Cavs went through such a hot stretch that, in my opinion, I think they've already played their best basketball. They were a team that tough games point. coming up, brother. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's 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 going to be tough, but I think that Cleveland went through a scorching streak where I think they were like nineteen and four over some span yeah. or you know something of the sort. And but then you you start to look. Alex, Philly is in trouble. They are, I mean, they are dropping games left and right. I I just feel that for Joel Embiid, it's a very sensitive situation of when they, you don't want to rush him back because he's obviously been hurt in the playoffs quite a few times. And and I really do think that the Pacers are just kind of nipping at those heels right now. And I think that's only a matter of time before Indiana jumps Philly. And, you know, takes that fifth seed. Mm. And uh, I I just think that right now, this Pacers team, they look rejuvenated coming off of that all-star break. Three straight wins. Yeah, and they got themselves a little bit of distance from Miami and Orlando getting the game up on both of them. So I think they just slowly need, like, just need to take it slow. They need to just take it one game at a time and not get caught up in looking at things. Because they've got some tough games coming up, too. But, like... If you're looking on paper tonight, you're saying no Neesmith, Luca, and Kyrie. They've won seven in a row. You probably would have picked on paper the Mavericks to beat the Pacers. So I think that Indiana, they're still trying to figure out exactly what they want to be, who they are with this group, with Pascal in the mix and losing Buddy and, and trying to find his replacement. And maybe it's Ben Shepard. Maybe it's McDermott. Maybe it's neither. Maybe it's both. Who knows? But I just think at this point, Fachi, we can look at the Pacers and say, okay, their starting five feels pretty locked in. Matherin feels like that six man. You know, there's been some people saying, hey, you know, the Pacers are undefeated now that Matherin, Halliburton, and Siakam have started together. Should they should they run it back? It's like, well, I, I think that with Matherin, you really need his scoring in that second unit. And even, even though I know Neesmith would embrace whatever role he's asked, there's no way that I'm taking him out of the starting lineup for Matherin at this point because his defense is still significantly better. And there's also nothing that Neesmith did to warrant losing his starting job. You know, it's it's just like, this is just simply just, hey, he had an injury. You know, it's not like, you know what? What if this Pacers team's better with Aaron Neesmith coming off the bench? And I just don't think that that's the case. I think that, you know, Matherin and his role could thrive more off the bench. And Neesmith, I just feel, is everything the Pacers need in that starting lineup, especially when they want to tighten up defensively. I just feel like having Nemhard and Neesmith in that starting lineup together is the best Pacers uh, defensive lineup that they can throw out there. And um, I'm excited for him to come back. Uh, Rick in his uh, post-game press conference was saying that he does not expect Neesmith against the Toronto Raptors. I think that's fine. I really do think that the Pacers can handle business without him. I'm not sure what his timeline looks like in terms of coming back, but obviously it's not going to be uh, you know against Toronto. Maybe you can have him back for one of or maybe both against New Orleans. But for right now, I do feel that the Pacers can take down Toronto without Neesmith. Happy to have Jalen Smith back. I think this was good that the Pacers didn't need Jalen Smith tonight because he mm-hmm. definitely didn't look like himself. But welcome back, Jalen Smith. Yeah, he just got to shake some of that rust off, right? It's always tough coming back when you've been dealing with an injury. So, you know, Jalen Smith will be all right. And obviously, they don't they don't need Neesmith to beat the Raptors, but they definitely could use him, obviously. It's nice. uh, one of those things where it's like, yeah, just get healthy, dude. That's all we care about. Exactly. Just be healthy for the playoffs and the big stretch. But, you know, ultimately the Pacers have an opportunity to, you know, continue making noise and winning some games that they need to win. And so, 
you know, they 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 took care of business against Detroit. They take care of business against Dallas. Now they got a Toronto team they got to take care of business against. And that's what it all comes down to. Just take it one game at a time and continue climbing up the ladder of the standings and, and don't get too, you know, not, you know, don't get too far-sighted in terms of like looking up the standings and be like, well, if we win the next four in a row, we can catch and, Milwaukee. And that's what I wanted to say. Have we just walked into a trap? Where we're doing that. We're starting to look at the standings and be like, you know what? One and a half games back of the fourth seed. And we're looking past Toronto. And this is exactly where the Pacers get bit by these teams that you just, you count it as a win. And it's like, maybe it's just you, me, and the rest of this fan base being a little bit scarred from some bad losses from early in the season. But I think what's going to say a lot is if the Pacers go out there coming off of that high of a, a very nice win against Dallas and handle business against a Toronto team that you should beat. And I think if we see the Pacers do that, it's something's going to feel a little bit different. And I think if the Pacers do drop that game, you can make that same argument. Well, you know what? Same old Pacers. They just can't do it consistently. I want to see us go out there, handle business against Toronto at home, and know that this team has learned from some of those mistakes from earlier in the season. Yeah, and that's and that was what I was really trying to say earlier before we started talking about all this stuff. Is like this win doesn't mean as much unless they get the win tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Or, or today when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Monday morning, like getting the win against Toronto is is huge. If you lose to Toronto after beating Dallas, they kind of balance each other out. So you can't afford to have a loss like this. I mean, it's going to happen over time. Like you're going to have some losses. You're just not going to make shots. Whatever. Like these are men, not machine, as Rick Carlisle would say. But I just feel like at this point, they've got to go out there and win these games. And, and Chad came on our podcast and said it like that's one thing they have to be better at is being a a better uh, team of in terms of like growing up and taking care of business. And I think it will say a lot about this team and the direction they're heading if they can get this win. And I thought Jeremiah Johnson brought up a great point when he was on with the with us talking about the rebounding is what matters the most. And we saw them have a good performance on the glass tonight against the Mavericks, which Hey, you know what? If they can continue to do that, things are going to be okay. But I, I was really impressed. I thought this was a great win, one of the best of the season, maybe top five, top ten. I think so. Top five, it, minimum. Yeah. So, you know, going against a, a really red-hot team like Dallas, taking care of business when you're a little bit shorthanded, kudos to, to the Pacers and for the guys that stepped up. And it was like we mentioned earlier, it was not won by Halliburton and Siakam solely. It was some of the guys below them. The Shepherds, the Matherins, the the Nimhards and the Turners, like they all stepped up, had a huge game. McConnell had a really good game. We didn't really talk about him that much, but he had a pretty solid oh, game too. Solid. So yeah. Um, he was he just teaching McConnell. That, That's what he does. Mm-hmm. So overall, Pachi, I felt pretty good about this game and I'm excited to see what happens. I'm fired up. I really am. And I, I just think that this when you see this type of win, a hot Dallas team coming into Indiana on a seven game winning streak, and you send them back home packing with an L. I just feel that it shows that, hey, you know what? This Pacers team has shown it doesn't matter who you are in the NBA. They can hang with the best of them. They can beat the best of them. So I'm really excited about the outlook. I think this team got rest exactly when they needed it, and I just want to go out there and handle business against Toronto. All right, Vachi. So as we're wrapping this up, I'm going to give you a challenge. Oh. So last week we did a Chick-fil-A sauce draft. Okay. And I was thinking, all right, we need to we need to have another draft, but I want the first pick. Mm, Since I gave you, you the first pick, I've been pretty nice asking you what pick do you want. We're gonna do a draft, and I'm assuming 
that my man Fachi likes Buffalo Wild Wings. So we're going to do a draft. We're going to do our starting five of Buffalo Wild Wing sauces. So we're keeping it saucy for the month of February. And uh, we're going to have another sauce draft where I'm going to get the first pick. Not doing it now. We're going to yeah, do it later say, this week. I mean, I'm starting to run through some sauces in my head. I, I got I my saw you. sauces. You know, I started really thinking about it. I said, okay, you know what? I, I can't spring it on you. That's not fair. Months. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair, but I will be ready. I'll tell you okay. that. Okay. Because, you know, I, I saw you talking a little smack on Twitter. I was saying was pure nice. domination because you got Polynesian. But the, with the third pick, a lot of value. A lot of value with the yeah. third. JJ came on, and, and you heard his two choices. I mean, if he could have snagged any two sauces, he was picking the sauces I'd pick. Yeah, but it's, it's all subjective, right? Oh, of course. Of course. Polynesian, I mean, look, man. Come on. Some, some guys, some, some people are honey mustard guys, you know? Some people are, are Chick-fil-A <laughs> sauce guys. Everyone's got a different preference. And yeah, and that's why I thought, okay, let's expand it. Because there's not as many sauces to pick from. With Chick Fil A, but with Buffalo Wild Wings, like they've got a plethora of sauces. I, they like fifty, or, yeah, they, they they got a lot. But we're not doing dry rubs. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're no, doing I'm strictly not a dry rub guy. Yeah, I'm a sauce guy. Exactly. It's got to be a sauce. You know what I mean? No, and I, and I've I've said that to to waiters and waitresses, and I feel like they've probably been made a little bit uncomfortable. I'm like, are those wings saucy? And they're like, what? And I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm not getting like a dry wing, you know, because then I don't want the wings. <laughs> That's a chicken so. nugget. Yeah, exactly. I don't want a nugget. I want a wing. So that, that's the big difference. Are you a boneless or a bone in guy? Uh, I'm a bone in, bone in. Okay. Guy. Yeah. Same. If I want, if I want chicken nuggets, I'll order chicken nuggets. So you know, it's <laughs> give me the bone. All right, we'll we'll be doing that later. Maybe we'll do it on our recap show against uh, the pellet, or excuse me, the Raptors. We'll do it then, probably. Maybe we'll do it then, or maybe we can do it another episode that we have coming up. Uh, for you guys on a Wednesday morning, maybe we can do it there. But we'll we'll figure out a time to do it. I thought it'd be a little fun. And yeah. I know you guys always enjoy when we mix a little food talk in there with the Pacers. But uh, with that being said, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find us at on the good old social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPod, STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPod, STP. You could find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast, where you can find all of our video content and listen. I've had a few people ask me, like, hey, you haven't been uploading to YouTube recently. Well, some of our guests recently were not able to join us via video, so it did kind of interfere with us being able to upload that and make it look like high quality. So this episode, though, We'll be back up on YouTube. Have no fear. It will not take me as long to get this one edited because me and Fachi are just doing this video one by ourselves. So with that being said, everybody, YouTube videos will be back in effect after the Dallas game. So we're, we're going to be doing our best to get those up there for you. But with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited for the Pacers to continue on their winning streak against the Toronto Raptors, you can hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers!